Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, America. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Really good to be with you. And uh, we have a terrific show for you today. We're going to interview Bob Kudla, ex-military officer, is going to give us a perspective on the geopolitics. But he's also one of the most successful people in the stock market, and he's going to tell you what you need to know there as well. We're brought to you by Noble Gold. Let Noble Gold save you from bank confiscation because of the Dodd-Frank Law 2010 allows them to do it. Let them save your bank account. Don't become a victim. Let Noble Gold help you and help you today. They've helped me. I've been a customer for five years, and I've been advertising for them for six. Don't waste any more time. Go to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com, or you can call 877-646-5347. Now, on to Bob Kudla. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And to our growing international audience, welcome. We're glad you're joining us. We're all partners in freedom, and that's why we're here. And we're also here to provide you with knowledge, opportunities, and that really encapsulates what we're going to cover here today with an old familiar favorite. And some of you have actually requested, where's Bob? Well, here's Bob. We've got Bob on again, and we're going to talk about some relevant current events. And uh, Bob's got a great opportunity for people, too. And I think it's something you seriously need to look at because I just want to ask you a question. Since the pandemic, you've lost almost half your buying power. Has your income kept up? Okay, keep that in mind as we go through this. Bob, welcome to the show. Uh, it's been a, been a few months, but we're glad we're getting you back on. And boy, you're coming back on in a time of high drama. With all the global events going on, my friend, I, I got to ask you, what do you think is driving the market the most right now? Uh, well, it's primarily the uh, um, the bond market that is is really driving everything. So, you have a situation now where the yields are high enough that it, it offers a competition to the stock market. And it also at the same time creates a uh, an environment where it suppresses investments because you have higher what they call hurdle rates to achieve in order to uh, make it worth your while to, to um, borrow money at, at these high levels. So you get a double whammy here. So you're, you're, you know, we're technically in a recession because the, uh, the 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 inflation rate is higher than the growth rate. But the way the government counts it, they they still think we're uh, we're we're booming here by noting the uh, fake GDP number we had last week. So um, yeah, so that's kind of what's driving it. And uh, and then behind the scenes, the way you look at the stock market is it, it's like an iceberg. You know what, what you see in terms of the. Uh, the stock prices is only really one third of what's going on underneath the underneath the uh, surface, and that's being driven by uh, derivatives slash options market slash dark pools, and uh, and those have been those have been selling, and uh, and you can take geopolitics off the side for a second as a stock driver, because you know typically when you have wars, unless the wars are on our shores, those are typically bullish. But it's we're, we're basically the tide's running out right now, and and so everything kind of gets you know swept out with that, and any bullish narratives are on hold until we get oversold, which we are right now, looking for a snapback rally. Yeah, you know, you're an experienced military officer, 
and I, I want to prevail upon your expertise. Um, and you just basically touched on it, uh, but I want to jump into it full force. What brought us out of the Depression was World War II. And you would think here with the military-industrial complex and their uh, activity becoming more voluminous, you think this would have a real jolt to our economy, at least in the short term. And you kind of alluded to it. We're not see why aren't we seeing this big uh, burst here since we've been supplying Ukraine for going on a year and three fourths now? Why aren't we seeing a better boost in the economy? Well, because things are are, are fighting against it, so not everything's rowing in the same direction. So you have uh, you have real estate that's on the uh, on the outs. You have the auto industry that's on the outs. And just because the defense industry is getting, uh, you know, getting money thrown at them, it's not enough money to counteract the two biggest market segments in our country, which is real estate, which we call the fire industries, right? You know, finance, insurance, real estate, the banks are hurting, the real estate is hurting, the auto markets are hurting, and it just overwhelms everything else at the moment. And it's just begun. We haven't really even seen the pain in those in those market segments yet so that's that's what's kind of fighting it back but there's a big difference between the 1940s and and what's happening today the demographics are different you know people are retiring and with retired people don't spend money at the same level as uh younger people forming households number two they you know they put um put everybody on coupons, Dave, during World War II. So that's, you know, that's everything that with the CDBC thing is that, you know, people talk about, um, uh, you know, uh, they had coupons. You say you can only drive so much, you can only eat so much, you can only buy certain things. And and so what what they want to do, you know, and let's, let's, let's take away the morality of it for a second. Let's talk just pure econ for a second. So what, what they would, what they would do if they could wave the magic wand is that they would bring as much manufacturing back into the United States as possible to create what's called velocity, okay? And uh, and velocity means the transactions happening at an increasing rate, which generates tax revenue. But at the same time, they don't want that money to leak out into what we call the dead areas. The dead areas are real estate and the stock market. So they want that money in the economy moving. They don't want rich people to have more money in, in, in one sense is that rich people are dead money. So if you and I have excess savings, we're sticking it right now in T-bills, right? You know, hey, I'm happy to get 5% of my money, take no risk. Where the government wants you to be spending that money in an, in an environment that generates tax revenue from the city level all the way up to the Fed level. So they're going to they're going to try to keep interest rates on the higher end to prevent speculation and at the same time they're going to uh, create an environment where they're going to reliquify the banks and they're going to try to bring money back into the country by taking it out of China's hide. Now to the extent that they're successful, you know, it's it's hard to say, but those things are in motion right now. This war thing is a whole different topic that you and I could talk at, um, you know, because I think it's probably the last chance for them to put Iran into a cage before they go nuclear. So I I agree. I think this whole thing is a this whole thing. I don't want to call it necessarily a wag the dog, but in in some ways, you know, I don't think um, United States and Israel are all that unhappy that Hamas pulled this off because it gives them an excuse now to try to. and Saudis, for that matter, I don't think. Look, look, Jordan just requested, uh, you know, uh, Patriot missile batteries. So I don't. I think there's a, uh, you know, that's that's a whole different animal that's not affecting the market at the moment. Other than if Iran gets in now, then you'll see oil, um, you'll see oil skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, but if not, then we're really playing around with what's going on with interest rates, and they're going to stabilize those, Dave. So uh, I don't think the the Fed can let the um, the long end of the bond market continue to go this way because it'll actually destroy the banking system. You and I talked about that before we came on. Right. I don't think they're quite ready. I don't think they have anything new yet. So I don't think they're quite ready to let these big, I mean, you're talking like bank of America going under, it'll be uninsurable if the, if the long rate keeps going higher. 
Yeah, everyone's making, and it was. I was guilty of this too. A lot of people are making a big deal out of Jamie Dimon dumping a million shares for almost one hundred and fifty million dollars. And I thought, oh boy, okay, that says the banks are really in trouble. I don't think that's true. I think he recognizes the banks are going to diminish some, and that the stock prices for uh, J.P. Morgan Chase are going to drop, and he's going to come back in and buy cheap. That would be my guess. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, he's the smartest guy on Wall Street. <clears throat> this is the first time he ever sold, by the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, but the banks are in trouble. Um, they're in trouble because they have a mismatch. You know, they they borrowed short and they they invested their money in 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 you know five year ten year bonds at one percent. So I don't I, I don't know who these risk people are, but the minute the Fed started raising rates, they should have quickly took their medicine. But nobody wants to be first. See, this is the problem you have in the stock market. Nobody wants to make the move first because, uh, you know, just like in the military, the, the person who gets killed is the guy on point, right? So you you you, you don't want to be first. You know, you don't want to be at the bleeding edge. But what happened was they all just sat there on the road with a truck coming down there and with headlights on them, and they all just got smashed instead of somebody saying, you know what, we're taking a hit here. We're selling all these bonds. You know, we're going to go to 30-day, and we're going to take our walkers. But they didn't do that. And Bob, I'm losing your sound here. Yeah, sorry. One of my alerts went off. So, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on there. So he's going to have to back off at this point. And the other thing, too, Dave, is that the reason why they let this thing go like this is that they wanted those Treasury bonds back into the U.S. They wanted China and Russia and whomever, Saudis and Japan. They're all selling their bonds at a loss here. We're going to pick them up. And then we're going to zero coupon them again. You know, we're going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy these bonds back. Guess, guess who gets the interest rate? Goes through the Fed, flows to the Treasury. So we're just basically buying our high um, our high uh, yield bonds back, and we're just going to sequester them. So there's a lot of moving parts here that uh, wow. we're trying to keep the Ponzi going. That's, yeah, it's almost like a Ponzi scheme. That, that's how Ponzi got to start. Is exactly what you're describing. Yeah, I, I thought, here's what shocked me. Uh, when Japan sold the bonds, I thought, boy, are they waging war on the dollar? They need our protection. I was surprised. I understand China, but not Japan. But what you're saying is they're selling off to avoid further loss. Is that correct? Yeah, and look, in Japan and the United States are really strong. Japan, um, you yeah. know, they, 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 um, they, in fact, you know, tonight we're talking on Monday. I don't know when we're going to launch this uh conversation out to the public but japan today today (laughs) yeah japan has a meeting tonight they're going to probably let their interest rates rise a little bit okay so japan has a carry trade that they're winding down so they don't really care so much now that they're that they're selling these bonds because they're going to buy their own bonds back and and in fact the japanese stock market might be one of the best performing stock markets going forward because money is going to flow back into japan you know, as they uh, as they try to keep their uh, their currency from collapsing. You know, it was about a year and a half ago, Bob. You said on our show that you you didn't think China could keep up with the United States economically. Are we seeing signs of that now? Yeah, my view hasn't changed at all. In fact, I think China is even in worse a position than they they have been. They, they're a potemkin village. Uh, Xi is going absolutely. He's putting his Stalin mask on for Halloween, and and um, you know people think China's a monolith. You know, uh, even though they're all from the same ethnicity, but you know, um, uh, there's there's factions in China that um, that are opposed to Xi, and uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna run the risk, especially if they screw up uh, on food. You know, then you're gonna see. Um, you're going to see big problems there. So, yeah, China, look, people always say, oh, China's going to take Taiwan. I mean, it'd be one of those things. It's like you and I getting into a fight, you know, and, you know, you you shoot me in the heart, but at the same time I shoot you in the head. So I think, um, you know, the uh, the Chinese would not survive a, renew, a, a, a military reunification of Taiwan. You know, Taiwan has over 10,000 missiles. They have subs. You know, they would basically lay waste to the uh, coastline of China and probably to Three Gorges Dam 
and everybody goes out in a blaze of glory. So, um, and there goes our medicine. If they take out that Three Gorges Dam, that's where they manufacture a lot of our medicine. And that's why that's why we're trying to bring as much stuff back home as possible. Now we recognize that China China is 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 imploding right now. Well, I want to just sidestep for a second and come back to world events in a minute here, but but with regard to what you do, you have always you've been like the stock market contrarian. If the market's not going well, you go really well. And it's been really interesting to watch that evolution. So Right now, the the market for the year went up nine and a half percent until recently, and just dropped ten percent. Um, how's that affecting what you do with Trade Genius in the stock market? Yeah, so just to back up, and just to be clear, is that we like volatility more than the market being down. So yeah. the more the more the market moves, the better our system works because it gives us bigger bigger swings for profitability, but. What we've done, Dave, is we've created very effective algorithms that look at momentum, look at levels, and and look at um, uh, you know, price action. And so those, those. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time those algorithms keep us out of trouble it lets us know when when um momentum or interest is increasing and it puts us in a position for profit i'll just give you kind of an example so our long-term multi-year um win rate is is about 66 percent and we average probably annualized about 89%. That's over the last like three years. So the last 100 days, the market's been down almost 11%. Mm-hmm. Now, our, our win rate went down from 66% to 59%, but the money we made on the, the, money we made on the trades have gone up annualized to 127%. So while people were losing money in the market, our trades, which they're all recorded uh, and are on our website, have... Um, have actually gone up in in value in terms of profitability. And that's not including our option trading or our futures trading or our crypto trading. That's just this general swing trades in the market. Because number one, we avoided the big big drawdowns. And number two, we have um uh there's some 
when the market gets volatile like this, the snapback rallies are, are very profitable. You just in them in a shorter period of time. And you're going to take more losses just because the market is is struggling. But I'll take I'll take a seven percent reduction in win rate and a higher amount of money in my in my portfolio any day of the week. But we like to be about two thirds win, and we like to be at a we call a, a you know three day hold one percent win rate. So you know puts you at um puts you at about a hundred percent annualized. So. So if you hold, you're saying you hold for three days on average, right? When you that's our average hold, yeah, it's average hold in the trade. Okay, Um, and and uh, the market average. So you went from sixty six to fifty nine percent reduction in win rate of trades. That's fifty nine percent is phenomenal. Still, I mean, if that's was your starting point, we'd say that's good. But what about uh, the market as a whole, the stock market? What do they run as far as a win rate on the aggregate average? Uh, you know, it's hard to say because I don't know how people do it. Win rates really is really c- kind of a nice thing to say. You can have a hundred percent win rate and not make any money. So, um, you know, and you can have a thirty percent win rate and make a lot of money depending on how you you trade it. But I would say the market in general, you just look at how much money people are making, and the market really year over year is flat. Okay. And so, uh, so it's important to be in the market heavy when when the tide's pushing in and being light. Or contrarian when the market is pushing out, and we've been pushing out since August into into Halloween. Um, we uh, we tell people that we're going to have a scary Halloween, and and then we're going to probably have a thankful Thanksgiving. So we're looking for the market now. It's overdone short term, so we're looking for a bit of a relief rally. We're getting one right now at the moment, um, but it could be a choppy week this week, and then we'll probably have some um, what they call flows you know, to kind of bring the tide in for a couple of weeks. And so we'll get heavy again there and continue to uh, make money for our, uh, our subscribers. But the most important thing, Dave, what we do is not, I'm not guru based. Okay. We, we give our algorithm access to our subscribers. So we'll teach you how to use it. And then you can trade whatever you want to trade. And people do that all the time. So, you know, we put trades out every day basically to prove the system and that's what we, that's what we market. I mean, that's what we show on our, 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 um, yeah. Okay. But you can trade whatever you want. And and the system's so easy, you know, it's basically, Hey, you know, if, if, if this is showing you, uh, you know, that's going up, you buy, if it's showing you going down, you, you get out. And so it's a really good system. And, and we made it even easier. We just added a new indicator, you know, we call it trade force looks like a caterpillar when a caterpillar is moving you're buying and the caterpillar is not moving you're selling so uh really simple to you yeah that's i have a couple questions here you brought up okay i'm gonna go back start at base one here um i understand your point about your win rate can be really high but you're not making any money okay but annualize what you're doing now with your average three-day holds and quick turnaround following your algorithm and you've made 127% annualized. What's a good stock market average? If someone came to you out of the stock market generally and they said, hey, we've had a really good year. Our people have made X amount of percent of increase. What would that look like? I, I think if you could double or triple the average for the year, you're doing well. And you got to remember, too, when, I, when that annualized number is that's assuming you're 100% invested at all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, you, you take my number and, and you know, you, you divide it by three, okay, and you're, you know, you're looking at, hey, you know, um, 30, 35% annualized, you're doing well. So you're, you're beating the averages handily in the system. I've heard it's 8, 8%. Is that still accurate? 8.7%. Well, actually, 11.8% is the average. 11.8 now? Okay. All right. Wow. All right. That's good. That's, see, and then that makes your comparison that much more effective. That's why I was asking the question. And there's another thing you triggered in me here. Um, you were talking about Halloween could be scary, but Thanksgiving will be thankful. Does that have anything to do with the inverted yield curve where, where short-term loans are going higher than long-term or, uh, long-term loans? Um, is, that, is, is that related to what you're talking about here? 
Well, that's one of the reasons why the market's been falling since August, because the yield curve mm-hmm. went extremely inverted. But yeah. actually, actually, as it goes back to flat, it's longer term, very negative. We're just going to get a short term bounce going into uh, the end of the year because the markets tend to do that uh, as people try to true up their books and try to play catch up. You're going to see going at the end of January, that's we're going to see the full force of the recession in 2024. This is just another tactical bounce, probably make a lower high and into the into the end of January. And then 2024 should be a pretty rough market. How are oil stocks doing right now? Uh, up until last week, they've been doing awesome. Um, you know, this is the season up until now is when oil is supposed to be weak, but oil has held up really, really well. If you notice, all tier two oil companies are all being bid because companies like Exxon and Chevron are starting to buy everybody out. And um, in fact, my family's biggest position is ExxonMobil. We've owned it for decades and we keep adding to our size on it. It's, it is now the number one producer of oil and natural gas in the United States. It is the de facto oil market. So Chevron, ExxonMobil, Oxy, that's, that's the oil market in the United States. So own any of those three long term and, and you're going to do, you're going to do well over time if you're not a trader. And, and, um, and we're in a position now, believe it or not, we're producing more oil than we ever had in this country. So production's still up. Uh, it could be higher, you know, if the Biden administration was, was not so, you know, eco, eco crazy. And, uh, and so, you know, we 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 wouldn't we wouldn't be in these wars we're in now if if they would have let Trump do what Trump wanted to do. Oil would be twenty five dollars a barrel less. Uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia would be starved for capital, yeah. Yeah. and they would yeah. they wouldn't be fighting their wars. Well, I, I agree. Biden promised the transition period that did not uh, materialize. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline his first full day in office. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there. Um, I don't know how he expects to fight. I mean, here's where we're at war-wise. Janet Yellen comes out. She was even challenged in the mainstream media. And a guy from NBC asked her, Janet, how can, how can we fight a two-front war given our economy? We're struggling with Ukraine, and now we're looking at the middle. Oh, we can fight a two-front war, no problem. And then just Saturday, Biden threatened China over the Philippines. <laughs> I mean... I mean, how's our oil situation? I know our reserves are terribly depleted. Uh, they're on their way towards running out. And we've cut oil production in this country from what it should be. Don't you need a lot of oil to fight multiple fronts? Um, yeah, I look, I don't think, I think, um, you know, we could probably fight a, a two-front war for six to nine months. Remember, don't just, they just won't let you drive. So, um, that's my so point. They, yeah. And they, you know, they get all the oil they want. So, uh, but I'm not too worried about any of that stuff. Um, to be honest, Iran's the only one you really, really need to worry about. China's going to act rationally because those people want to live. Okay. Russian, those people want to live. You know, these, these people are mafiosos, right? Uh, the Iranians are true believers. And so they don't mind if the 12th Mahdi shows up, right? I know. So, talked about um, that. Yeah. So that's, that, that's why it's in. That's why they're an issue. But other than that, you know, everybody else is acting, even though it might be demonic, they're acting rationally, right? They want to live. They want to be rich. They want to they have a kingdom. So the last thing they want to do is have a nuke dropped on their head. <clears throat> so, but the Iranians, they don't care. It ushers in the, the 12th Monty. <clears throat> so that's why you have to worry about Iran. In your estimation, at what point would Russia enter the Middle East conflict? I don't know. And God makes them in Ezekiel 38. You mean Gog and Magog? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, he reluctantly gets hooked into it. So I'm not sure when that is, but we're sure setting it up that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, let me just ask you a technical question, because we know that when Russia got the sanctions, they responded by um, going gold backed with the ruble and they brought other nations into this line of thinking. Isn't Iranian oil central to this plan? I don't know, because um, if, if Iranian oil goes off the market, Russian oil becomes fabulously more uh, more valuable. And can, can they produce enough, though? That's the question I would have. 
I don't know if oil doubles, you don't have to double your production to make more money. So uh, Iranian oil going off the market, you'd see oil about $175, a barrel. So, so I don't know. I don't know what causes Russia to, to do this other than maybe just absolute pride, you know, and arrogance. Um, but they're, you know, they're fancying themselves as setting up a duopoly in the world, right? You know, Russia, China, you know, Turkey, Syria, Iran, right? Versus the West plus India. So, you know, uh, I mean, it's a losing hand, but doesn't mean they're not going to go for it. I agree. I hope it doesn't become the dead hand. Uh, one thing that bothers me, too, is Turkey is a member of NATO. I bet they put 100 ships into the Mediterranean. Well, how do you see that? You know, Turkey is the same situation as, as, as China. You know, Erdogan, remember, the Turks aren't the majority population in Turkey. So, um, you know, it's the, um, like, why, the, why is my brain escaping me? It's, it's the Kurds, okay, mm-hmm. are 56% of Turkey's population. So, you know, when you get, when you, get you know, to the east of, of Ankara, right, and, and Istanbul, you know, the, the, there, there aren't Turks there. They're, they're Kurds. And, and so, you know, he, he has his own issues to solve. And remember, he, you know, he, only, he can only project so much power. He's not going to go toe-to-toe against NATO. I didn't think uh, so. You know, how's he going to, his economy would collapse in an hour. So, and his, na- his Navy would disappear in an hour, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, one thing, too, is that people, you know, they may poo-poo what's going on with our, our military is so much more sophisticated and powerful mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. anybody can actually even imagine. You know, what you're seeing on the battlefield today was developed 30 years ago. All right. So there's stuff out there. You know, there's no such thing as a UFO. That's called DARPA. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you know, I don't know if people realize that, but we, we basically painted a F-22 that makes it invisible to visible light. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot going on here. So I don't know if people really want to really want to challenge. You remember, you know, Two two subs of the United States could take out take out about thirty of Turkey's uh, uh, ships in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. I have a retired general friend, and uh, he sent me a video on AI, and it wasn't AI military; it was AI in terms of how advanced it really has become, and it's not classified. So he can share that with me. But he said, "I can't tell you." what I know about AI sophistication in the military, but it makes this stuff you're seeing here with sentient robots that can reprogram themselves. He said, it makes this look like child's play. And he said, because he was assuring me, he said, China and Russia know this, and this is the only reason we haven't been attacked. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh, I mean, it even goes beyond that. Um, You know, we have a spy satellite. I mean, a spy shuttle up there in orbit that probably has bombs on every Russian sure. and Chinese satellite out there. You know, there's a reason why it's flying up there for three, four years at a time. So, you know, there, there's a lot going on. And look, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a, I'm not a pacifist, but I'm a, um, a, uh, what do you call it? I'm a, I want to be fortress America. I don't want to be out there projecting this power everywhere in the world. So, you know, I rather, I rather. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. I'd rather us be quieter and just deal with things as we need to instead of constantly be screaming. I think when you scream, you, you project weakness. So, um, but yeah, but the military, uh, at least short term, I'm not worried about it. And remember, look, there was a great book that was written. I don't remember the name of it, but they always talk about, everybody's worried about China stealing from us. Well, China's always stealing the oldest technology. 
Okay, so if they get to put all their manufacturing efforts towards, you know, reverse engineering, they're always going to be one step behind. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a lot, you know, some interesting things going on with that. So I take that off my worry list. Iran, you know, um, I think that's a spiritual battle. So whatever happens here is going to happen. But but from a stock market standpoint, unless it is in a way that harms the United States directly on our soil, then I don't think it's a stock market issue. Well, China has a problem with its own citizen base right now. It's growing, too. Um, and don't you think the same thing is going on in Iran? I, I've got indications I've had for a long time. The Iranian people hate their government. Yeah, that's why we have to be careful, because uh, all we have to do is topple the mullahs. The, the people do the rest. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, so you have to be really you have to kind of dissect the two. Look, I live here in Southern California. Uh, um, they don't even call themselves Iranians. They call themselves Persians because they don't yeah. want to be associated with Iran. Exactly. Ever. They, they hate him. They hate them, the mullahs. And, yeah, the people hate him. So it, won't t- it wouldn't take much. So you have to be really careful about how you go about, you know, um, you know, surgically removing the, the mullahs from the Iranian people. And then, you know, we'll... We'll see what's happening with that. So, well, the people want to be westernized. I mean, that's, but you know, I know some Persians. I know some refugees have come here, and uh, they absolutely hate their government. And they, they said this is a universal feeling. And and they said if they had the means to overthrow this government, they would do it instantly. And one guy said to me, "Why isn't your CIA helping us?" What would you say to that question if they asked you that? Oh, I'm not too sure they're not already, you know, but, but look, it's timing. The, the mullahs are protecting themselves pretty, pretty well at the moment, you know, yeah. it's like anything else, you know, you don't know when the dam's gonna, gonna break. That's why I don't think the, Iran will engage directly, uh, because they know that would weaken them at home. So, so we'll, yeah, yeah so we'll see what happens w- with all that, but, uh, you know, but from the geopolitical point of view, you know, um, uh, you know, really, our biggest issue is is just the insidious nature of the inflation. And what do we do about that? Well, I think they're going to let it. I think they're going to let it. Uh, they're going to let it flow at a higher rate, and so you're going to see gold is going to break out. And you know, I do a podcast every day, like you do. So if you go to Trade Genius, this is free. You just go out to their podcast, and um, you, you see, uh, we just did a whole thing on every gold miner out, silver miner out there. Mm-hmm. Oil is not going to collapse because uh, the um, political environment domestically and the geopolitical environment internationally will keep oil prices higher. But then I think you're going to see weakness in tech going over. We're, we're seeing the general shift, Dave, to things that drop on your feet that hurt versus financial assets. So we're seeing a really more great rotation than a great market crash. That helps R- really the 1970s all over again. A lot of people are making those comparisons to the 70s, and I'm wondering if we're not going to see gas lines. But the thing that concerns me is this. We're increasingly dependent upon the Saudis for oil. And if war, true war, breaks out in the Middle East on a serious large scale, won't that impact us here domestically, both price-wise and availability for the citizens? It won't affect availability because we we could produce enough oil in the country to uh, – satisfied demand it yeah but price. biden biden bob biden doesn't want to do this well that's a different question um <laughs> you're right you're right that's, that's a different question it won't affect supply he'd be under enormous pressure enormous political pressure to to release it because look ford and gm just announced that ev is not not working for them so um they're, they, they're losing way too much money trying to build them Nobody's buying them. So, you know, so they're kind of caught here. So going into an election year, I doubt it will say, well, you guys have to take the bus. <laughs> That'd be the, that would be the death knell of the Democrat Party. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, from there, but prices would double. Okay. That's why I own oil companies <laughs> in my portfolio because I'm, I'm looking for some sort of mistake. Prices will stay high. Yeah, but, you know, here you have an idea if you're Biden, you might have to go into the Middle East because that's always been a volatile deal. You've got the situation in Ukraine, and Ukraine's barely on their feet now. I mean, I think that war is all over except for the shouting and the killing. 
But the thing that bothers me about Biden, it wasn't long ago, he canceled six Alaskan oil leases, knowing that we have these military challenges. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, look, these guys are captured by the eco-fascists, right? So he's not going to make rational decisions. Uh, okay, just, I agree. I agree. Just, right, yeah. they're just hoping they can cheat their way through the next election and, and make it a exactly. non-issue. Yeah. yeah, but they promised a transition period. I mean, all of us want a clean environment and so forth and so on. I wish electric cars were as feasible as gasoline-powered cars, uh, but they're not, and they don't work as well. There's work to be done yet. There's not the infrastructure to support it. And yet they're trying to ram it down our throat before I think it's ready. I would, you know what? I would buy an electric car if I knew I could drive from A to B with the same convenience and that the car would last as long as a car I could buy from Toyota. Uh, so that, that's why I don't buy an electric car because they're not ready yet. And, and the other thing that bothers me is the guy that could get it ready is being besieged by the other leaders of the global economy, Elon Musk. They're after him big time. And and he's using a lot of resources to ward them off. And I think they're really retarding the process of developing good electric cars. And and, and see, that's something that I would support. I just, it, it, it's like these people can't get out of their own way, Bob. I'm talking the Biden administration, their children, they're evil, and they can't get out of their own way. And that's, and I see it every day. Um, the one thing, though, that um, I, I, I like what you said, though, is you're restoring confidence in oil. And uh, let me ask you this question, though, because this is something that haunts me. If we were to lose oil from the Middle East and we couldn't convince Venezuela to, to sell to us, how soon could we ramp up oil production where it could make a difference? That would take a year. The wells are there. They're just they're just sitting idle. So, um, and Venezuela has no choice but to sell oil to us because we're the only ones that can refine it into gasoline. That's true, and uh, uh, Maduro won't commit economic suicide. I agree with that. I think I, I think it's a low probability that Venezuela would turn their back on us. You know, do you think Russia has motive to stay out of the Middle East then because they realize that could be our bonanza? But my question would be, they have to have so much of their industrial production geared towards the war effort in Ukraine. Would they be able to transition uh, without sacrificing the war effort to build up their oil industry? Well, you know, look, the, the game that the other team is playing is try to spread us out so thin that we make mistakes. Yeah, that's true. So, that's so for true. very very little investment, Russia can can cause cause some havoc. But look, Russia's the size of Texas, right? So how long could Texas fight against the United States, right? So it's really one of those things where, you know, and and Russia has horrible demographics. Okay. Their their country is is dying, literally. And and so you know, Putin's not well loved, and so you know we're bleeding them out in Ukraine. And by the way, I don't, I don't endorse any of this stuff. I'm just, I'm just speaking to the, to the facts of the matter. So he's getting bled out, even though he may not be losing in Ukraine, might be winning. He's lost a lot of people, okay, and uh, and a lot of mater- war materials being is being used, and so. So, you know, so nobody's really gaining an advantage here so much. We're just taking advantage of being the biggest, uh, the biggest fish in the ocean. And we're just trying to outlast everybody into exhaustion. Okay. So that's really interesting because uh, you, you just stimulated something in me. Perhaps our insistence on supporting a non ally like Ukraine with no strategic value whatsoever. And, of course, I understand the humanitarian part and maybe having peace talks, which we didn't do. I would get that. But what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me because we're bleeding the Russian military down. So maybe we can take out Iran and they don't have the resources to respond. But would China respond? I don't think so. I mean, Xi may make may make a blunder here. Um, but, um, you know, I'm relying on the fact that the, the, the Chinese are merchants, first and foremost. And I think at some point they're going to move Xi out of there and they're going to try to go back to the Xi Jinping environment where, hey, we're communists, but we're not your enemy. OK, and we all want to just get rich. And so yeah. uh, when they say all get rich, 
the elites. Okay. Right. You know, right now the elites are getting bled out there and they're getting put in jail and they're getting killed. And so I, I just think that Xi is, is, uh, uh, it's probably on his last legs here. You know, I mean, it might be violent inside that country, but you know, he just killed his, he just killed his, uh, foreign minister, you know, had a heart attack. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know, you know, I think United States in, in some weird ways, we're doing a lot of the right things that we need to do to survive. We have to have higher inflation here. We have to bring manufacturing here. We have to, we have to collapse world trade. Okay. We have to control our bond market. And the only thing that I'm really in disagreement is I think their, their, their energy policy is a mess and we're too engaged in foreign, um, foreign actions. And we should, we should be bolstering Fortress America instead. So, and Biden's not doing any of this stuff. I mean, the, the guy's, a, he's a puppet. So this is, this is Obama working with McConnell. Okay. Sure. sure. <clears throat> Yeah, and I'm glad you said McConnell, um, biggest traitor in the Senate. I mean, I consider China to be an enemy. I think most Americans consider that. And yet McConnell's wife's parents control major ports in China. And on his Senate disclosure form, I think he claims $25 million a year, which is probably a lot higher than that. And so, no, I have no love for McConnell. And he's soft on supporting Taiwan, which I'm strong on supporting Taiwan. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, McConnell and Obama, that is a perfect marriage. Um, <clears throat> I think, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear as Bob and I go through these world events, how he's so on top of things. I think maybe you're starting to see why his percentages are so good. I mean, overall, he wins two out of three trades. And and uh, even though he's down to 59 percent, his his <laughs> earnings rate is up 127% annualized. It's incredible. I want to talk a little bit about your techniques. Okay, you mentioned that your average hold is three days. So how do you know when to buy low and then sell high? What, 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 without giving away secrets that will help your opponents, um, what are some of the things that you look at? Yeah, I mean, there is no secret. It's all execution. So, you know, the, you know, there's absolute levels you look at is the market in what's called bull mode or bear mode. And then number two is you look at the uh, the uh, um, the angle of of the of the act price activity is it favorable or unfavorable, and then you look at the magnitude of the of the moves is it at a bottom of a range or a top of a range, and then finally you look at momentum pushing in, is it is it is it uh is it setting you up for a, a high probability trade? So our algorithm looks at all those things, and when those things add up. Uh, we get buy signals. And then if we get multiple buy signals from different sources, that's a trade you take. So that's okay. what we do. And and really, it's it's really our hardest job is monitoring, okay, and finding the, the opportunities. And then plus we know, we have all the data, you know, we buy the, the databases to tell us what's going on in the dark pools and, and things of that nature so that we know if the tide's coming in or going out. So we have the best buy signals in the world. But if the tide's going out, as you can see, you know, it's harder to win. Okay. When the tide's going in, it's easier to win. So you trade with the tide and you'll do fine over time. When we look at the market in general, just based on what you know, and I'm speaking generally speaking, what, what you're describing is a system that takes the emotion out of it, the greed out of it, everything that can cause you to make a mistake. And you only care about, the indicators. What direction is this going? When is the right time? Does the rest of the market operate that way, or is it based some on emotion? Uh, no, I, I would say anybody professionally trading is is trading on some sort of system. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the difference between you know we're small fry, so we can dance around the you know the the um, uh, the bulldozer, if you will, right, the steamroller. So we can go in there, we can grab our, our quick trades and, and get out. Big money's not that lucky, right? So they're, they're trapped in their uh, risk profiles. Uh, they're trapped in, in their yeah. customers. When you get too big, you know, there's certain things you can't do. And so it forces you into, into some sort of average. And so we, we, we're not constrained by that. You know, we, we're happy. We don't, wanna, we don't need to catch the bottom. We don't need to catch the top. 
But if we if we if we trend follow effectively, uh, then you're going to make enough money. And there's some people out there that do extremely well, probably much way better than I do. They're probably just private people. But, you know, they're they're the best trades are those are trend following, but understanding the tides and the seasonalities and you're going to do well. And I know most people don't do well. So there's a reason my service can be a value. And what we charge for the service is nothing to what we get out of it. And Dave, what I did for you was actually I created a landing page for you called Dave Loves Trading. Mm-hmm. So you can, um, for your customers, so you, you always ask me, Bob, how do we know where they came from? So this is how you'll know. If you want to trade with us, just go to DaveLovesTrading.com. Uh, and uh, we, we put together a couple bundles for your listeners, Dave, that are discounted lower than my normal discounted pricing for allowing me to be on the show. So um, so take advantage of it, folks. What is the uh, discount? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Well, we're normally 65%, so it's closer to 70% of our normal pricing. Is there a and, sunset on that? Uh, for you, there's no sunset on that price. Okay. So, Thank but you. Take, but take advantage of it, okay? And okay. Uh, really good pricing. And uh, and so, you know, you can trade stocks or crypto with us. Uh, you can join our VIP room and actually have access to me and other traders that uh, are very, very experienced. So you can learn. So, you know, we, we, we'll teach you how to trade, you know, and we'll throw you some trades as you're learning too. So, and we'll give you access to our system. So just go to Dave loves trade, uh, trading.com and you're going to be in, uh, uh, you, you'll be able to get in right with us. And, uh, and if you happen to not go in there, just tell them you came from, from, uh, from the Dave Hodges common sense show. We'll make sure we give you a discount. Okay, yeah, make sure you mention that if you go in because we're trying to make this opportunity available to you, ladies and gentlemen, because you hear me talk about this all the time. The number of Americans that have second jobs right now outside the home has doubled, and we've never had this many people working at two and sometimes even three jobs. And this is why the unemployment rate's so artificially low, because people are holding two jobs. The economy is not necessarily better. It's worse, but... It's deceptive the way they're using that figure. But this is a way for you to say, I don't have to get in my car and go from job A to job B and never see my family. You can do this right out of your own home, can't you? Yeah, look, I'll give you a perspective. Um, most people, when, you know, when they hear talking about trading, everybody talks, shows their Lamborghinis and all that crap, is that, you know, if you make $100 a day in the market, you're making $20,000 a year. Okay, so you don't have to swing for the fences, to, yeah. to make enough money to overcome a, a need for a second job, okay? And and so, and you know, and just to be really clear with people, if you want to do this full-time, it'll take you four years to, uh, to generate enough capital to be out on your own full-time without additional sources of income. So <clears throat> there is a learning curve here, and uh, we just try to accelerate for you. But you educate people on it. When they come in, there's actual training and consulting that gets done, and you really shorten that time frame. Let, let's talk calendar just for a second before we close. Okay, so John Jones, hypothetically, he signs up um, and he goes to our page, DaveLovesTrading.com, and he comes in on the first day. Uh, what's that process, and, and how long does the typical person take before they start experiencing some revenue? Yeah, I mean, look, when you join, you get a welcome email and with all the training already associated with it. So you can get in there and you can start clicking on, on the training links right away. Within a day or two, you get all your indicators that our, our, our uh, algorithms are based on. And then the first day you're there, you can take advantage of a trade. In fact, we had a guy last week joined last Monday. He got in on a volatility trade that we did. He made 5% his first day with us. So, um, and I have the attaboy to prove it. So, um, so, you know, so those things are, are you're available right away. But I would say to get comfortable, you know, understanding the lingo and stuff, if you're, if you're cold into this, it'll take you 60 days to to kind of, you know, drink from the fire hose, if you will. But you can just take the trades that we give you. Uh, there's a guy who just does nothing but takes my trades, and he posted because somebody was asking him, hey, how does this work? And he said he's up 25% for the year. He did, All he did was take my trades re- religiously, okay, now, I don't, you know, that doesn't mean if he took all my trades all the time, he'd be higher, but that's, he made 20, 25% year to date. So not bad. And, well, uh, and he's pretty happy with that. The market's down 10%. He's up 25%. 
So, you know, so, you know, so we see the proof statements out there and he's very, very conservative, you know, and, uh, uh, and his goal is to eventually become um, a full-time trader. So he's, he's on that four-year plan where he's going to build up enough capital to keep growing every trade he takes until he can make enough money to live on. You see what I like that you do though. There's no pie in the sky here. And, and I'm not pointing to anybody in particular. So put away your lawyers, but I see, you said the Lamborghinis and stuff. I see that all the time on YouTube and rumble and wherever else I go. I see all these people, Hey, make all these millions with me. You can do it in 30 days. And it's a lot of crap. And you've given here a very realistic projection where people can jump ahead of the inflation curve. That's how I would look at this is, is you're jumping ahead of the inflation curve and leaving all your money in the bank that you're making is a loser's venture right now. So uh, that, that to me is enough reason to take a good look at this. When people go to DaveLovesTrading.com, uh, what are they going to find? This, we'll kind of close on this note, but tell them what they'll find when they go there. Well, you're going to go to landing page. It's going to show you the bundles, and then I'll also show you how to get a hold of us. So if you need further explanation, you can just simply go in and call and call Matt, and he'll walk you through what's the best option for you. And if you don't like those bundles, there's other bundles on our website you can go to. But since we knew you came from there, um, um, Matt will provide the appropriate discounts for your uh, okay. for your listeners. So it's a really good deal, guys. A lot of people like it. We have a high renewal rate our clients from year over year. So we think we're doing the right thing. You know, we consider ourselves white hats. You know, we've we consider ourselves educators. And uh, yeah. my, my goal is to have you beat whatever you do on your own. And therefore, that's my value to you. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's really, really good. And what I'm hearing from you, too, is you not only teach people how to fish, when they come in, you throw them fish, too. Yeah, that's... Yeah. The good trades that you that you recommend. Um, I, I want to ask one final question: Why is it that Trade Genius does so well in volatile times? That seems to be counterintuitive. Yeah, because it expands the range, and so um, you know uh, it allows you the snapback rallies. Like you know, I'll just give you example. Me personally, I put trades on Friday because I had buy signals going into Monday. These are option trades. Okay, so I was invested $7,000 into three option trades. Okay, this morning when I came in, those trades had that follow through. Okay, and I have a $3,000 profit off that $7,000 investment, which is extremely high ROI for over the weekend. And that's my week. I like to make $2,500 a week trading. And so therefore, then I started closing down those trades and, and to protect my, my income. So, you know, that just kind of gives you, you know, an example. Yeah. Uh, when you have a big push down like that, it puts you in these situations where the market, <laughs> my dog just walked in. <laughs> hey, stop it. <laughs> He's trying to hit the food bowl. Um, where the, where, where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Live, live. Live broadcasting right here. Yeah, here we go. So when the market, so so when the market gets sold like that, there's there's market algorithms that like to trade and fade that move, and then vice versa. So when it pushes down hard like that, the snapbacks are violent, and we can see those snapbacks before they happen. And okay. so we jump, we jump on those trades. And I that's when the volatility money. increases the range, and that's I, I get that. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Well, that's, okay, well, that's all it is. Yeah. And, and what happens is then um, you, you get these moves and then you look for that power to fade, if you will, and you get out of the trade. And then you wait right. for the next spot. Well, Bob, we, we are flat out of time. I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your expertise about what's going on militarily, geopolitically, and also, too, with the economy. But also thank you for making this opportunity available. Folks, again, to find out more, go to DaveLovesTrading.com. Bob, thanks for joining us. Look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, hopefully in a couple weeks. Thanks, Dave. Okay. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.